It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. So, did you know that your purpose has been hard-coded into you since before you were born? Think about that. Think about that. You came here with a purpose. But often that purpose lies dormant as we try to navigate this world, which we know is, can be difficult at times. It gets buried beneath the many layers of obligation and expectation, which is why it feels ever elusive and impossible for most to pin down. Some people come across their purpose early in life, but for many it takes a truly challenging chapter to activate us to crack us so far open that we can no longer live out of alignment with our deepest truth. It's time to thread that storyline and uncover the purpose of the path you're walking. And that's exactly what we'll be diving into in this profound conversation. Today's special guest, Stephanie Zamora, has been merging the worlds of personal development, digital media, and online marketing to help individuals build purpose-driven lives and businesses for over a decade. She'll be sharing actionable tools and processes to start utilizing this work for yourself so that you can feel clear and confident around what your unique purpose is in this world. Stephanie Zamora is an author and coach, business and marketing strategist, and founder of Stephanie Zamora Media, a a digital media and production company, publishing house, and full-service life purpose development, branding, and online marketing boutique. Um, so Amy, good morning. Welcome. Not Amy. You're not Amy. You're Stephanie. I'm sorry. I was just talking to my client, Amy. You're Stephanie. I know you're Stephanie. Oh my gosh. I Hi, probably said thank Amy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so totally you're fine. so, so welcome. Good. Okay. I probably said that like a hundred times to my client on the phone. So <laughs> it's stuck in my head, but I know you are Stephanie. Okay. Good morning. So um, tell us about how you got into what you do. What, what motivated yeah. you to do your work? You know, it's been a very organic process, which I find to be true for a lot of people who really step into their purpose in this life. And for me, I actually went to school for graphic design and branding and loved what I do. And I can see now that that was one way that my, my purpose personally expressed itself in this life because branding is very much about consistencies and inconsistencies. And that has carried over into my work as a coach and helping people live their purpose. But I went through a quarter-life crisis kind of early. I was 21 years old, and I really started questioning, who am I? And is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Because I was just doing design at the time. And as much as I love design and as much as it's a talent and a skill of mine and something that is still incorporated into my business, I just felt this, this calling that I was meant to do more with my life and that design was actually a tool to do that. And so I started exploring the world of personal development and 
legacy projects and living your purpose. And I, I started stephaniezamara.com and was writing about everything that I was going through and learning and exploring and experimenting. And it, it took a while for me to really get clear on who I was here to be because the world kept reflecting back to me, well, you're good at this. You're good at this one path. And this is how you make money is doing design work. And, you know, that's your, if you're good at it, it must be your purpose. And a quote from Danielle Laporte that I really love is be careful what you're good at. You could end up doing it for years. (laughs) (laughs) And so I really, you know, I really started to do the work of saying, who am I and what feels aligned for me? And, started coaching people around finding their passions and purpose and going through the quarter life crisis. And as all of these people found their passions, they became very entrepreneurial. And I had started my own business and was doing this coaching work and running programs. And so I started teaching them what I knew about online marketing and branding and putting yourself out there and creating your offerings and started doing business coaching. And then in 2014, I went through a really traumatic loss that just turned my world upside down and taught me more than I ever wanted to know about grief and trauma and healing. And so that has been incorporated into my work as well, because I have found that not, not for everyone, but for a lot of us, a lot of times it takes a really challenging chapter or a big life transition to crack us open and and help us really discover who we're here to be and what matters most to us. And that was certainly the case for me. It really deepened and made the work that I was doing a lot richer and a lot more multifaceted and multidimensional. And so that's a part of my work now. But it's my work and my business and my entire body of work and everything I've created has really mirrored everything that I've gone through in life, which life is always shaping us. So I think that's very common for a lot of people. I think it is, too. Uh, those of us who are in healing um careers healing the healing business um we've all gone through horrible things that have created who we are today and we we can share that you know it's having gone through um adversity makes us if you rise above it you get stronger but it also gives you perspective that other people who are just going through it have not gotten yet so yeah. uh, we can share that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are the things? Okay, so let's talk about our life purpose. Um, that's, we have that hard-coded into us before we're born, you think? You believe that? Yeah, I, I really do. And I think what's confusing for people is that we think, our purpose is one very specific thing. So we think of people who very clearly have purpose, like Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, like people that are solving very specific problems in the world or leading big revolutions and creating massive change. And the thing about purpose is that it's, it's actually very simple. It is to show up and be you, do what you feel called to do, and follow your passion, speak your truth, and contribute to the world in the way that only you can. And our purpose, the way that it expresses itself, shifts depending on how life is shaping us and the times that we're in. And so our purpose being hard-coded into us, and I really do believe this, is it's inherent to who we are and how we're wired and what our core personality is. And how we're going to express it can evolve over time. So like I said, when I was back when I was a designer, I was still living my purpose because I was very much driven and motivated around consistency and inconsistency, like making sure that things are aligned and really 
expressing the truth of what something is or communicating something clearly. And that's still very core to the work I do now, even though it's now more focused on healing and growth and helping other people live their purpose. It's very much about who do you believe yourself to be? Who are you at your core? And are you living in alignment with it? And so there's always a thread. And and hindsight, we can look back and we can start to track, like, it's easy for me to look back now and say, of course, being a designer was a part of my purpose journey to get to where I am today. And of course, it's very much aligned and utilizes the same skills and inherent gifts and talents and, and passions and interests because I one expression of it. And you can see, again, as my work has evolved, as I've gone through life, like it's shaped me further and further. And then the times influence us. So I am very passionate about helping people live their purpose because the world is in chaos, not that it hasn't been for a good long while, but it's so important that people show up as who they're here to be and contribute in the ways that they're meant to because we need more of that. We need more of that to course correct and create the changes and and build a society that is really nurturing and supportive of all people. And so, you know, every everything in this universe has a core expression. And we can see that in nature. You know, if you plant seeds for a carrot, it can't grow into anything other than a carrot. It needs the right conditions to do that. And depending on the conditions, it might be a bigger carrot than another, but it's still going to turn into a carrot. And as humans who we're here to be is hard-coded into us. And the universe supports us in growth and becoming and becoming fully expressed. But the environment around us shapes that. And so that I think is important to to speak to because I think where people get really frustrated (laughs) with the idea of purpose, I know it can be a very polarizing topic because it feels ever-elusive. It feels like this this thing that you don't have purpose if you're not out changing the world in this big way, but your purpose can be to be a parent. Your purpose can be to create art and to create beautiful things that enrich the spaces around people. It doesn't, like, there's no right size for a purpose as long as it's about contribution and you feel called to do it and you're showing up fully expressed and you feel fully aligned in what you're doing, then you're living your purpose. That's excellent. I really like what you said. Um. What did you do when you were trying to find your purpose? What didn't you do that you now recommend people do? Yeah, I really am a big fan of following our whims. <laughs> so whims can feel very fleeting. They can feel very random. They can make no sense. And where we go wrong with whims is we sometimes confuse them for our purpose. So, for example, I'll share that right now I am very out of nowhere into mountain biking and I'm not a person who likes riding bikes. So imagine a person who doesn't like riding bikes now bumbling over rocks and roots on trails. <laughs> it's hot and it's hard <laughs> and and it makes no sense. But I am so drawn to it and I am so called to do it. And what happens with whims is we confuse them. So let's say you're a lawyer and you're unfulfilled and you want to find your purpose because you got into it make money and make your family happy or whatever the reasons are. And all of a sudden you have this compulsion, this whim, this urge to take a pottery class. You're not artistic. You don't like pottery. You don't like getting your hands dirty. And so we get confused and we think, oh, my God, I'm supposed to make pots. That's that's my purpose. That doesn't make sense. And sometimes it is. Sometimes the nudge we get is very 
clearly, like, you need to be over here doing this kind of work. But a lot of the times, it's a stepping stone and a breadcrumb. And it might not even be about making pottery or riding a mountain bike. It's about putting yourself in a new environment where maybe you have a different experience that helps inform and shape your actual purpose. Or you're meant to meet a person. Or it prompts you to have a fight with your partner that needs to happen so that you can realize you're in the wrong relationship and going through that divorce gets you to move back across the country. It's like whims, whims are these divine and magical little nudges that are also tied very deeply to our intuition. And trusting our whims is one of the best and fastest ways to really uncover our purpose. And for me, I was very resistant to that because so much of what I was called to do when I was younger didn't make any sense. And I was very much like, I need to do what I'm good at and I need to make money and I need to listen to other people and it doesn't make sense that I want to go over here and start doing X, Y, Z. But when I really started sinking into my whims and just letting them be what they were and letting them lead me to the right people and places and letting them unfold into other things, I realized that it, it, it's always the pathway. It's always a pathway to understanding and knowing ourselves better, to healing and growth, to meeting the right people, to being shaped in the ways that we need to, to even be a person who can recognize and then choose to live out their purpose. And so following your whims, no matter how random (laughs) or just out of left field they feel, and trusting yourself to navigate and follow them for as long as feels right. So I don't know if mountain biking is a part of who I am now or if it's meant to be like a season that leads me to something, but I trust that I'll know one way or another. And so it's it's having a lot of self-trust as well, which I didn't have when I was younger. I really, I placed too much importance on what other people thought um, or what I thought I was supposed to be doing or what society and the systems of this world tell us we're supposed to do versus being like, well, I know it doesn't make any sense and it's totally crazy, but I'm going to go over here now and I'm going to do this thing because I feel compelled to and I trust myself enough to listen to that but also to navigate it and whatever's meant to come from it. You are so right. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, I call these the same thing like signs along the way um, because we are shown things, synchronicities. Mm-hmm. We are shown things all along the way. And I do believe exactly what you said, that if we just keep following them, even though we don't know where they're taking us, they will take us exactly to our purpose. Um, but the other, yeah. the, other, um, the other way to describe this is doors and windows opening. So it's like, yeah. you know, when something opens, just go through it, you know. The thing about it is that sometimes – were led to painful lessons before yeah. we're led to the joyous ones. And we can be in, uh, in a situation that is very painful, but really believe that we're supposed to be there at that time. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you learn from that and you move forward. Do you agree that that, that happens? Absolutely. I am a huge advocate for intuition. And where we go wrong with intuition is believing that just because we do something that feels right for us, or we follow a calling into whatever's next, that it's going to be seamless and easy and magical and synchronistic. And there are a lot of times that that does happen. Sometimes our intuition is leading us right into the most challenging 
experience of our life and something that we will struggle through or someone that will hurt us. And it's about, again, being shaped. And I'm, I'm very much a believer that everything happens for a reason, but not, not in the way most people say that. So some things are divine agreements or the universe guiding us to what we need so we can be shaped. And some things are just humans. But if we can always look at these different experiences from a knowing that we are the ones that create meaning, we are magical meaning-making machines as humans, and that we get to decide the meaning that we want to make from the things that we've been through, that is what allows us to further be shaped and deepen into our purpose. And I, I do. I believe there are people that are born with a very clear sense of what their purpose is, and that's awesome. But for a lot of us, it does take that challenging chapter to activate us. And I, I liken us to glow sticks. So glow sticks, I think everyone has experienced. They're fine and good. You know, they're solid little chunks that take up space. But it isn't until we bend them and crack them and break them that they begin to illuminate the space around them with their unique light, whatever color they're meant to be. And, and I feel like that's very true of humans is challenging chapters crack us open and they activate something inside of us and they get us to focus on what's most important. And so regardless of whether it was divinely agreed upon or inspired that you end up in a challenging situation or life just happens because life is chaotic and humans are running all over the place, bumping into each other and leaving bumps and bruises as they go, like, we get to decide to make meaning from those experiences. We don't jump ahead. We don't, you know, bypass the feelings and the emotions and the things that need to be healed or felt or dealt with. But we get to decide how am I going to take this and use this to become more of who I'm here to be and to really contribute, whether that's on a global scale or locally or within my own relationship. Yes, I agree. I agree with all that you said. Mm. <clears throat> um, yeah, there's, I mean, the longer you live, the more you can look back, the more hindsight you have to show you that the things you thought were never going to end, the things that you thought were going to be the death of you, were the things that helped you to grow. And, um, you know, and and at my age, six decades, um, I can look back and see so many of those things. But, you know, when you're young, it's very difficult to see that anything is going to change other than what, what today is, which is um, one of the things that concerns me about teenagers and everything that, that we're, you know, who choose to commit suicide and things like that because they think it's never going to get better. Um, And we do, as we go along life, we can look back and see, you know, it's like, um, I always told my children when they, were, when they have disappointments that there's a reason why you didn't get that, but you got something else, that there's always a silver lining. And it has always proven to be true. So they grew up yeah. believing that, you know, which is a great way to live. I was not raised that way. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. You know, my traumatic loss at the end of 2014 I ended a two-year relationship, and a couple weeks later, uh, after shocking me and me having to ask him to leave me alone, he ended up committing suicide. Oh. And, you know, it, it, 
absolutely flattened me, like I said. And I think it was on the five-year anniversary. It's been six and a half years now. But on the five-year anniversary, I really stopped and thought about how much can happen in five years' time. I mean, and, and shorter times, a week, a month, a year. And I was a very depressed and suicidal teenager myself. And the difference between when I was 13, which is when I felt that way, versus when I was 18 was just, it was wildly different. I went from being depressed and wanting to opt out of this life and feeling alone and misunderstood to at 18, I was very clear. I was going to design school. I graduated early. I bought a house. I got a great job. Like I, I had completely changed within five years. And then five years after that was when I was deep in the work of my quarter life crisis of figuring out who I was and, oh my gosh, I feel so lost and was depressed again. And five years after that, you know, my business was booming and clear and I loved my life and I was really creating something that I wanted. And it's just like we have these seasons and some of them are shorter and some of them are longer, but we, there's always, there's always more. There's always more opportunity. Every goodbye leads to a new hello. Every ending leads to a new beginning. And that has been very powerful for me. Like I said, I was very depressed and suicidal as a teenager and very poorly attempted to kill myself uh, when I was 12 or 13. And I remember I took a bunch of pills and blacked out, got sick. I remember waking up and making the decision to stay. I was going to stay and see this life through until it killed me on its own. (laughs) And that has been this really incredible choice for me that I am unwavering in because depression is something that I will deal with probably off and on at different degrees for the rest of my life. And I've had really hard, challenging chapters. That loss gave me PTSD. It led me into an abusive relationship, which just tanked my health in really scary and debilitating ways. I filed bankruptcy. I lost, like, I lost so much in that season and had to rebuild. And for me, having made that choice that, like, I'm just going to stay, I'm going to see it through because I know everything ebbs and flows, when I hit rock bottom, it sucks, and I might stay there for a little while, but I there's nothing else to do but get back up and keep going. And when we have that mentality of, like, well, There's nothing to do but get back up and take the next step and figure it out and find my way into the next thing. Like it just, we experience the magic of life because there is, like you never know. You can be struggling forever and get up one day and things start to change. You meet someone new. You have an opportunity come up. Like you start to make the money. It's just we we have to broaden and change our perspective from what we're experiencing this, in this moment going to be perpetual until the end of time to like, this is just a season. This is just a wave. You're so right. You're so right. You know, it does. Sometimes it, things seem like the end of the world, but life is always changing and the universe puts things together for us that we could not even begin to imagine. We couldn't imagine how something comes together, but the universe does that. And I've seen miraculous things. Um, So there's, yes, the level of positive thinking is important. Also, I think it's important to have some faith and hope in your life. Um, Faith in something, I don't mean religion because I'm not a religious person, but something that you can 
have outside of yourself, whether it's the universe or a deity or something like that, that you can say, you know what, there's something looking out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a big advocate for faith and how we define it is up to us. You know, some people believe in God, some people call it the universe, some people call it source, spirit. It can even be the energy that is, but I think we can all agree (laughs) for the most part that there's more at play in this life, in this world than meets the eye. And also we don't even understand our own brains fully or consciousness and how it works. And we don't understand this universe, but we are beginning to get better. Science is catching up with what I feel like a lot of us have always known, that everything is interconnected and energy is everything and everything is energy. Like that's not woo-woo, that's science. That's how our universe works. It's vibrational, it's frequency-based, as are we. And when we start to have faith beyond just I have to do everything myself and I'm the only one that can make things happen and I'm all on my own and all these things we tell ourselves and we start to engage with the universe and the world around us in a different way, like that's when we can make magic happen and that's when we can make really impossible things happen because, again, we live in a frequency-based universe. And if you start to show up from a completely different way of being and engage with everything around you from that space, it re- the world reconfigures around us. Again, it's not magic. It's not woo-woo. It's, it's science. It's how we work. It's how perception works. It's how frequency works. And it's just like if I say, look for the color red, all of a sudden you're going to see red everywhere. And so if you choose to start showing up in a world where you feel supported by whatever greater than you, however you label that thing, do you feel supported by the universe, by God, by spirit, by energy, and you start to engage with the world from a place of faith that, like, if I, if I align myself, full mind, body, being, soul with the things I say I want, and I move through the world in that way, you can't help but to see them and become a magnet for them. It's, it's, it's something that I love to teach on, how to make the impossible happen, because it comes down to that way of being. And a big part of the way of being is having faith in something outside of you that you are able to work with and co-create with. Yes. Um, and, you know, part of that is resisting, stop resisting and allow more. Um, people, people who are, um, who tend to control because that's how they feel um, safer in their life, they, they lose a whole lot of opportunity. Because if, yeah. you, if you let go of that control and you just allow, so much more is going to come to you. And yeah. it will work out. It will work out. Um, some people accept defeat and just use blame. Um, I've never been one of those people. I, you know, no matter how far you push me down, I'm coming back up. Even when I don't know where <laughs> I'm going with it, I'm, I'm going, you know. It's like, okay, well, I don't have, like you said before, you know, you get to a place where, okay, there's no other choice but to try to, work on yourself um some people have to get hit by the two by four in the head over and over and over before they finally listen (laughs) um and if you don't listen there will be something like that there will be something traumatic or catastrophic that's going to bring you to your knees it's Mm -hmm. just the way it is 
we need to um, we need to stop resisting and allow. And it's you have so much more control over your life when you do that, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, I I'm a big advocate for surrender and trusting in the unfolding. Life taught me that when my loss happened because everything was going amazing and I was right on track with my plans and then everything turned upside down. And I have learned since then to really hold, like be very clear on what I want and hold my vision and my heart and move towards it with expectation and faith and also a loose grip because as I move towards it, things are going to happen and that might reroute me. That might change. I might not be able to even imagine what's possible for me from where I start until I get in on the journey and suddenly I realize like, oh, I want to be way over here. I'm capable of so much more. And so having that sense of surrender is really, really important. And when we resist, and and I call these, for me, I call them simple truths. It's when our intuition starts to just be like, hey, you know, I don't think this is right. This is not right for us. And, And simple truths for me, they're, they're, they're non-negotiable statements, and they don't have any emotional charge. So it can look like being in a relationship with the person you think you're going to marry, and all of a sudden you have the thought or sense of, like, this is not the right relationship for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, boom. You know, and, and at first you're just kind of like, oh. Like, you can't confirm or deny it. It just is. And the less emotional charge, I have found for me anyways, the more accurate it is. And if you ignore it, it will start to shout at you over time. And if you ignore that, it will find another way to get you to stop. And for me, I actually had an experience. I I had been swallowing my truth for some time. After my loss, I became very honest and open. But like I said, I ended up in that very abusive relationship because of my PTSD. And throughout it, had had lost my voice and had been unable to express to the people around me what I was feeling, what I was going through, what was happening. And I stopped swallowing. I developed dysphagia, which is where you can't swallow. (laughs) And so for nine days, I couldn't eat or drink, let alone swallow my own saliva. I was constantly choking. I had one IV. And even after that, it was almost a year before I could eat and drink normally. That was a very direct manifestation of the fact that I was swallowing my truth. There was nothing physically wrong with me. And so we can develop illnesses and sickness and aches and pains and start self-sabotaging or things start happening around us. Like the the universe and our intuition, they, they start out gentle <laughs> and and quiet and soft, like little nudges. But if we don't listen, you're right, that two-by-four is coming. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Um, yeah, I mean, I had I have a similar thing um, that you like you were explaining. First of all, I want to say I love your analogy of the loose grip. That's that's really good. Um, I have had a throat issue uh, for mm. for years, and I've been working with a doctor who is also um, an energy uh, healer. And so she's been helping me to open that up. But she said that people who are, who grow up in environments that where they don't really have a voice and they really are told basically, or not told, but it's insinuated that they um, need to basically just suck it up, you know, 
that so many people like that end up with throat problems, voice problems, things in the things in that area. And so for me, um, I'm learning how to relax that. And uh, she's been sort of pushing the energy up and removing some things in the way. But I have had a very similar thing. And for years, people told me, what are you not? What are you not swallowing? What are you not? You know, what is it that you're not willing to swallow or talk about? And I didn't Mm. really know. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I just knew, you know, I knew that I was uncomfortable, but I didn't know what it was about. Now I do. Now I do know what it's about. Yeah, Yeah, Um, and it's an invitation to explore when you don't know. If, you know, sexual trauma can show up in our lower back and hips. Like uh, we can have grief shows up in our lungs. There's a lot of common ways these things show up. And if you're having a physical problem, you know, some of it can be helped and soothed with, with external therapies, but it's, to me, it's always an invitation of like, okay, <laughs> what's being stored in my body that needs to be processed? Yes, I agree. So sometimes there are long periods of time without answers and without things happening and without any kind of movement. And I know that I experienced that for several years. And I used to, mm. I get, used to get so frustrated. I used to scream, you know, just yell at the universe, what? Tell me. Tell me what it is I'm yeah. supposed to do. I knew there was something I was supposed to do, but I didn't know what it was. And, no, and I was getting nothing. I was getting nothing. I got no answers. I got no, um, you know, no leads, no nothing, no indications until it was time. Yep. And when it was time, it all happened. So the timing of things is also very important. We think things are supposed to happen in the time that we expect them to happen, but that's not how it works. We can't always put a time um, limit on things, right? No, and there's also a gestation period. So for me, I've had a lot of ideas that were well before their time, either business or offering ideas or things I wanted to do in my life. And we don't always know the gestation period for our ideas or for the things that we're drawn to. And there are also a lot of pockets of time, like you said, where it's just not time yet. You're in that in-between. And my focus and my advice for that is always live your joy as much as you can in those moments. It's frustrating, and you can begin to feel lost and depressed and apathetic about life. And one of the things that most energizes us and helps us live our purpose most fully and magnetize and attract things to us is to be in gratitude and joy. And so in those pockets, I'm always, you know, and that can even be, I've had periods in my business where I'm not making any money and I need to make money. And we want to stress and push and hustle and try to make things happen. And we do some things that we need to do to take care of our life and to keep things moving or afloat or whatever it is, depending on the pocket that we're in. And then we live our joy as best we can. And that looks different for each of us. That looks like self-care. That looks like doing more of the things that make us happy, spending time with the people we love, resting, taking it as an opportunity to just land and sleep more, um, whatever it is. And it, again, it can be frustrating, but it's about trusting in the timing of things because we are not as in control as we think we are, which is really 
terrifying for a lot of people and especially certain personality types. And we just, we have no way of knowing. And that's not to say that we just surrender and we let the world have its way with us and everything happen according to other people's timelines. Like there are times that we are meant to push and move things forward and be very active and even aggressive about it, not in an exhausting or burnout way, but there are times to do that. And there are times of surrender where, again, I've had ideas for my life. I mean, I've been very clear over the last year, I want to move off the grid. I want to buy land. I want to have a self-sustaining farm. I, I want my life to look very different while I continue to run my business. And when I had that goal drop in, I thought a year or two, I could totally make that happen. And I could. You know, I could hustle, I could make the things happen, I could conjure up the opportunities, and I really moved forward from that place at the start, which I always do when I have a vision or goal, and then it becomes clear it's not the right time, and Mm. other things need to unfold first, and we have to be open and receptive to the information that we're getting back and the results that we're seeing and the way things feel. And so, again, it's discernment. Only you know and you have to be able to be very honest with yourself about how things feel and what's going on. Is this a time to push and hustle and make something happen? Is this a time to surrender and say, okay, this is not on my timeline. And in the meantime, I am going to hold the vision and I'm going to continue to ask for the guidance and the wisdom and the direction and the opportunities. And I'm going to live my joy right where I am right now and just become a magnet. And I'm going to become the person who has those things in the meantime. And that's, that's a much better way to look at things because that's a soft, loving, gentle approach. Uh, and like I said, you know, when I'm yelling at the universe, nothing is happening. Nothing, <laughs> you know. Nothing is going to happen when you get angry about it. It's when you yeah. sit with it and you go, okay. All right, whenever you're ready. I find that helping people to come to gratitude about their lives is a good way to get them unstuck. Because when they're feeling victimized and like the whole world's against them, I usually say, I want for a week, I want you to do nothing but be grateful. And then when you, you you come back in a week, Tell me how you're feeling because it really is. We have so much to be thankful for, but we tend to focus on those things that aren't happening the way we want them to happen. How do you feel about gratitude? I am a huge advocate of gratitude and I'm, I'm very much a both and person. So gratitude, like you said, is one of the fastest ways to raise your vibration and your frequency. And it is, incredible at helping you shift how you feel about things and therefore how you engage with the world around you. I'm, I'm like gratitude journals all the way and all day long if you have to <laughs> sometimes. And, you know, I wrote an article that was called Permission to be Ungrateful. And ungrateful is in air quotes because we're not actually being ungrateful when we want things to be different or to have something better or more. And And I think that's where something can go, where we can go wrong with the whole message of harping on gratitude. You have to be grateful. You're being ungrateful. And it's like, you can be grateful for something and want to change it. And I think that's really important with gratitude. It's both. And I can be grateful that my partner is not abusive and still wants to be in a different relationship. I can be grateful that I have a job that pays my bills and that I have benefits and I am financially supported and want something different. 
I can be grateful for the amazing place that I live because people have less than me and all the things and still want to move and want better or different. And so for me, I love gratitude. I'm all for gratitude. And I think it's important to remember that it doesn't negate a desire for more. I love that. That's so powerful. Wow. And I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say that, but that is so true and so powerful. You're right. You're right. Because some people say, well, I'm grateful for where I am. So I really need, you know, um, you know, I really need to just sit with this and, you know, it is what mm-hmm. it is. And I have so much to be grateful for. So why push it? But yep, you made yep. it. And it's a way sense. that we, mm-hmm. we get people to stay stuck um, and mm-hmm. shrink. Like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you should be more grateful for what you have. And you can. You can be so grateful for what you have and want something different. And I will also say, you know, I'm, I'm all about the duality. I don't think we are taught the skills to hold everything all at once. And so I am incredibly grateful for where I am in my life and what I have and what I have built in the aftermath of my loss. I never feel that gratitude without also feeling grief. And so, again, one thing doesn't necessarily negate the other, and we are very capable of holding more than one experience. We're just not taught that skill. We think that if I'm if there is good here, there can be no bad. Like people are either good or bad. We can either be grateful or ungrateful. Um, we can either feel gratitude and joy for where we are or grief. And it's like it can be a swirly mix <laughs> of all the things. So grief, grief has different levels. And in the beginning it is, I don't know that you can feel joy and grief at the same time. But I think what you're saying is, you know, as time goes on, you can still feel, you can still grieve for that loss, but also be happy about your life or happy about the way things are going. Do you, do you think that um, in the midst of the grief and suffering that bad, that we can also find joy? I do. Yeah. I actually, um, on my podcast, I actually interviewed a friend of mine who is a um, sex trafficking survivor and he speaks about how he experienced joy in the midst of that and the reason that I think it's so hard for us to grasp the idea that we can feel joy while in the depths of grief because grief I mean when we're really in it there is just sadness and rage and hurt and confusion and it's just it's heavy and it's dark and it's hard and there can be guilt there can be a lot of guilt depending on your loss, especially mine, you know, my ex committing suicide shortly after I ended the relationship, I felt a lot of guilt. I felt a lot of blame. And it was very confusing to me to have moments of just immense joy, immense joy in what was being born from the loss. It's confusing and we feel wrong about it. And again, that's because we don't live in a society that celebrates, let alone educates us or gives us the skills to hold both. The same is true of my abusive relationship. It's very easy to think, well, he must have been a monster. And in a lot of ways, he was. He did very awful things. And there was also a lot of magic. There was also a lot of beautiful moments. There was also a lot of love. And so our ability to hold both, I think, is a skill that we really need to cultivate because that's what life is. And we actually have the capacity to hold both and experience both. We just don't allow ourselves to because we feel guilt. We feel wrong. We feel like we must be broken or it can only be one or the other. And, you know, for me and my grief, it was very confusing because 
because of my loss, I became very close with his parents and his best friend. And those were some of my most cherished relationships. They still are. And they brought me so much joy. And I couldn't feel that joy without tremendous grief and guilt because I only had that joy because he was dead. And that's very confusing to us. And so I think it's very important. And I hammer this home all the time with my clients, especially it can be both. You can love someone and never want them in your life again. You can feel grief and joy, and it doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't negate one. Someone can be amazing and awesome and really show up for you and abusive and toxic and, and not be allowed in your life. Like, it's, it's both. Things are much more complex than we make them out to be. You make so much sense. You know, you really have a great insight into this. You know, I, like, I really like your perspective. It's very, very interesting and very motivating. A very hard, hard one. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know any of this either. And it just that's why I hammer it home is I wish there had been more people who told me that because I had to find my way to it. And I'm not the only one, but I had to find my way to it on my own of, like, I'm not wrong. Um, I'm not crazy. <laughs> it was both. Yes, it's so true. You've learned from your lessons, and you've you've built on them. You've grown forward. I say, I always say that when we reach a hurdle in our life or a wall or whatever, and we're like, I cannot get over that hurdle, or I cannot get around that wall. This is whoa, this is just too much. That to me represents the soul agreement that we've had, why we're coming here, what we're trying to work through. Those hardest things that we come up against, those are the ones we really have to beat. Those are the ones we really have to rise above. Um, And when we do, this is where our growth comes from. So everybody's going to have those experiences. There is, you don't escape it in life. You know, some, maybe some appear to have more than others, you know, but for everybody, their experiences is geared towards them and to what their ultimate needs are. So how do you feel about obstacles in life? I love everything you said, and and I agree. I mean, I have learned, (laughs) I have learned to see them as an invitation, an opportunity for growth. And that doesn't mean that I think that life is complete and total endless suffering, but I do believe that we're, we're actually wired for continual growth, just like everything in the universe. The universe is always expanding. Again, that science is measurable. We know this, which means we're always growing and expanding, and we're meant to. We actually have limitless potential, and every obstacle is an opportunity for growth. And again, I am not a fan of bypassing, which means we and feel like it sucks and we feel our feelings and it can be hard and all of that. <laughs> we don't just jump ahead to like, yeah, I'm growing. We feel our feelings and we process them and we do it in a healthy and productive way. And again, we assign the meaning and we can decide how we want to allow it to shape us and what we want it to mean for us and, and whether or not we're willing to really drop deep and grow. And, and a lot of people have a feeling to how much they're comfortable or willing to grow. Some people prefer incremental, which means I'm going to do a little when I absolutely have to, to create small changes in my life that I'm then going to coast along with (laughs) until the end of time. 
And if, if that's all you're here to do and that's your choice, that's your choice. I am a person who believes that, like, we can always continually grow and there's always opportunities. And I agree with you that I think there are certain lessons that each of us have to learn in this lifetime. And if we don't choose to learn them, then we're just going to have to do it next time. <laughs> yep. Um, and we're never going to maximize our potential or live our purpose or be who we're here to be. We're never going to really experience the true joy and beauty of life if we're not willing to learn those lessons. And for me, my lessons have been around relationships in particular, um, all relationships, but especially romantic relationships. And I'm very aware that, like, that is the place in my life that I have struggled the most because it is just ripe with the most possibility for growth and me to really become who I'm here to be and live my purpose. And so... I don't love it. I don't love <laughs> having had a string of bad to toxic to abusive relationships. I don't love that this is not the area of my life that I can feel like I can really like master. Um, but it has produced such a tremendous amount of growth and realization and has made me a better person and has made me better in the work that I do and has brought so much joy and fulfillment. And I look forward to it. I I just had a relationship end, which was awful and exhausting and heartbreaking. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't my worst relationship by any means. Like I'm leveling up each time, but you know, sitting in the aftermath of the heartbreak and really finding my footing again, there's this part of me that's like, okay, well, I look forward when it's time to the next level and experiencing that next level and doing better and creating better. It's like it, it can almost become a fun game, not that I want it to be never ending, but it's just, it's the place that I get the most out of, even though it's, it's where I struggle the most. Yes. Um, I just wrote down, take responsibility for situations. Um, yeah. I had a thought that's, that's fleeting. <laughs> Sometimes that happens mm. to me. I get like a thought, a thought comes <laughs> no, through me. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So some of us um, don't want to take responsibility for the situations that we're in. Mm. Um, but if we don't, you know, it, it's like claiming, your, claiming your, your, your part in everything. We do have a part in everything. There are times where yeah. we are targeted and we go through things that um, really are very unfair but there's always a part that we play in everything and we need to recognize that. I know that I used to have a chain of just problematic relationships and I kept thinking, why do these people keep finding me? You know, <laughs> why does yeah. the same thing keep happening to me? And I was so frustrated. And one day I, I went to the library cause there was no internet when I'm talking about this. <laughs> um, that really ages me, but um and I stood there in the self-help section and I stared at the books and I'm like, something jump out at me. I don't know what to do. Jump out at me. And there was a book called Women Who Love Too Much by Robin Norwood. Okay. I said, okay, that's what you want me to read. That's what I'll read. <laughs> it changed my life because it was about codependence. Yeah. And I realized. Oh, my gosh. In every situation she talked about, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. Oh, it's me. Oh, I need to change the way I'm doing things. <laughs> and, 
And so, and change is hard because I know when I made those changes, I was terrified because they felt so unnatural. But it's like, okay, what I was doing isn't working. I have to do it a different way. And it was so scary. Um, And things can be scary at times. Um, And we have to be, there's, we do have that courage inside. We do have that ability to rise up and just grab these things. I think everybody has it. We just have to tap into it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge advocate of personal responsibility. And for me, that originally showed up as a simple question of what did I do to allow this to happen? And it's not about blame. It's not about making ourselves wrong. It's about gathering insight and information so that we can make different decisions to create different outcomes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think, you know, again, with when it comes to abuse, we're never responsible for that. We can look at our patterns of how do we keep ending up in these types of relationships, yes. And natural disasters or systemic oppression and racism or things that are out of our control, then it becomes how am I going to choose to respond to this? Like what am I going to create again from this? What is the meaning I'm going to assign? What am I going to do to create what I want? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am, I am a huge advocate of taking ownership. <clears throat> and just like you said, it can be really hard. I mean, there is a lot of, a lot of situations that can be very confronting to us. And like you said, and for me, again, romantic relationships are my biggest area for growth. And I've had to look after each one and ask that question of how did I co-create this? How am I showing up in ways? What is my attachment style? What are my core wounds? What's my winning strategy and subconscious pieces? Like how do I keep co-creating versus just being like, man, guys suck. Or I keep, you know, each guy I've been with is, you know, a jerk or whatever, instead of telling those stories, even though some of that might be true, what am I doing to keep co-creating this? And when we have to look at our stuff, it's very confronting and difficult and terrifying, like you said, because it's the only way we know how to operate in the world. And it's rooted very deeply in very old wounding and subconscious beliefs and programs that we learn to run to stay safe and create security and love and success to whatever degree. And so it's very hard to untangle from those things and it's just it sucks it sucks to look at yourself and say man i have been being codependent or look at me i need to be better at expressing my wants and needs heck i need to figure out what my wants and needs are or oh i'm attracted to these people because of my attachment issues and now i have to learn to not be attracted to them to actually be attracted to these healthy people that i'm not lit up by at all and it's very confronting and it's very difficult but it's you know, it's so hard to explain to someone who hasn't done the work how worth it it is <laughs> because their comfort is keeping them where they're at. But, I mean, I am so grateful for the work and how confronting and awful it's been because I continue to create better results and to feel more like myself and to attract better and better people and better and better outcomes. And it's like you just have to be willing to face yourself. You do. You do. I remember... You know, I was always attracted to, you know, fast-talking, charismatic, great-looking guys. Uh, and it was, always a de- it was always a dead end. Bad boys, you know, bad boys. I think a lot of women yeah. are attracted to bad boys. Um, so when I knew that I had to do it differently, 
it made me sick because I thought I'm going to be so bored with somebody. I'm going to be so bored if they're not fast and fun and crazy and there's no drama. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do with that? And I was, right. I was picturing these, like a straight laced guy with a checkered short sleeve shirt and a pocket and pens and is carrying a briefcase and nerdy glasses. And I'm thinking, well, that's what I'm, that's what, that's the only other way. And I had this vision of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to be happy that way? But I forced myself. And what I found out is there's some really normal guys that can be great and fun. And I married one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just rewiring yourself, which is hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. But, you know, the universe brought me an example that it doesn't have to be like I envisioned it. I was like, okay, so I've really been wrong about this. Um, Stephanie, as we come down to the end of the show, is there anything that you want to leave us with? Yeah, I always just love to remind people, you know, one of my favorite words is discernment. I harp on it all the time. So doing that work to learn how your intuition communicates with you, your intuition lives in your body and not your mind. And understanding that you are the only one that can discern what is right and wrong for you. Everyone's going to have an opinion. And so many people, even healers and coaches and, you know, smart people out there who are certified to give you advice and, and help you can project their views and their fears and their lens onto you. And so building a relationship to your intuition and really learning to discern and have your own back, even when nobody around you understands, is just one of the greatest skills you can cultivate. You are so right. Oh, my gosh. Having your own back, trusting yourself, discernment. I love that word. I really do love that word. So uh, what an important message. Um, Stephanie, what is your website so that we can visit it? Yeah, you can find me at stephaniezamora.com, and I spell my name S-T-E-P-H-E-N-I-E-Z-A-M-O-R-A. Okay, perfect. And so if someone wants to work with you, they can access that through this website, right? Yeah, you'll find tons of resources and just links to any, anything you could want. Okay. And do you do workshops and things like that? Um, what, can, what can people sign up for? Yeah, I have a lot of offerings. I have a lot of free trainings. Um, I do one-on-one coaching and run different programs, but I also have a new coaching and community group, which is incredibly affordable, where you get group coaching, deeper process work um, to really clear the old traumas, and then acupressure. Oh, sounds wonderful. Okay. Oh, this hour went fast. This was a great conversation, (laughs) and I think super, super valuable for everybody to hear. I think there's something in this conversation that everybody can, can, you know, glean to enrich their lives. So thank you. I mean, you you just put things so well. It's so easy to understand, and but you make so much sense. So. I really, and, really and thank, thank you so you. much for the work that you're doing. It's so important, and I just appreciate you so much. Oh, gosh. Well, I appreciate you, too. Okay. Well, have a wonderful day. It's been really a pleasure to talk to you. You, too. Thank you. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions, you can email me at loveyourlife.com at randyfine.com. 
And let me remind you, I have a brand new course on my website, randyfine.com. And this course is for those who are truly ready to heal the pain of the past and create the life that they deserve. So very similar to what we're talking about. And if you are really ready, this is the course for you. So you can go to randyfine.com and go to online courses, and there it will be letting go of past pain and creating the life you deserve, check it out, sign up, because this is going to change your life. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.